Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Ollie. I'd like to welcome you back to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. Hope you liked the last episode. We go in depth to the Tony and Susan Alamo Foundation. Yes, the Ministry of Evil. Evil. Yes, the Ministry of Evil. But before we get into uh, a second edition of the Ministry of Evil... We hope you enjoy. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Make sure you watch it so you can follow along with us. And if you haven't watched it, don't listen until you listen to the first one. Just makes your life simpler and a lot happier. Alrighty, okay. Before we get into it, we have to let you know how to reach us. First of all, give us five stars. If you can leave comments, please do. If you can't, please do us a favor. Go on our fan, our Facebook page, our fan Facebook page, Colts Coffee and Conversation. Leave us a note. Let us know what you think. It helps with the algorithm. I don't know what. We're just trying to push it through. We're very happy for the people that do listen to it. We are very grateful and very thankful. We're just trying to spread the word of Colts Coffee and Conversation. But if you go want to reach out to us, we do have our Instagram at Colts Coffee Convo. Of course, we have the Twitter, the Twitter machine, at Colts Coffee <laughs> Con 1. That's Colts Coffee Con and the number 1. We do have our Gmail account, our email, coltscoffeeconvo at gmail.com. And, of course, we do have the recording one as well. Yes, on Anchor, if you listen to us on Anchor, there's a place where you can push a button, record something for us, and we will get the message. Or you can just use your voice recorder on your iPhone or Android and then send that along to our Gmail account at coltscoffeeconvo at gmail.com. That's right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Silky smooth sounds. Okay. So, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. Holly, what are you drinking this fine day? Well, you know, I'm always talking about my Corducio. Of course you And I decided I better find out exactly what that is because it is not in season right now. So if I ask for it, I have to know how they have to make it. Mm. So basically a Grande Corducio is two pumps of mocha with whole milk, no whip. Where's the coffee in it? Well, the mocha. I don't know. (laughs) Well, there is coffee. I'm pretty... <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm think... picturing, okay, two pumps of mocha, whole milk. So you have a chocolate milk. I know. Well, they probably <laughs> assumed... what what When they do the coffee part, they probably do two somethings. Of like it, right? Cold, is it a hot beverage? It's hot, yeah. So it's... Oh. Okay, well, we'll have to get back on the, how much yeah, coffee they like, put in there. Yeah, I was like, just curiosity. I was like, well, I'm having the new Ariana Grande drink, as they're calling it. <laughs> The cloud of foam latte, because that's what she loves. And, of course, you can't go wrong with, you know, Ariana, because Ariana is, like, the best. She's a grande. Ooh, I bet you she probably gets a grande. But, yes, I'm doing the cloud foam latte with caramel. Not too fan of the cinnamon. Sorry, not a fan. But, hey, the caramel is fantastic. I love it. Anyway, still, I get it cold, by the way. Do not get it hot, because for some reason... You know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to have one tomorrow. Hot, just to compare and contrast. To be continued. All right, here we go. Back into the Susan, and I'm sorry, the Tony and Susan Alamo Foundation. We left off the last previous episode. They were going to move to Arkansas. Yes, and we had those reasons. It was because of the Bible Belt. It was something where Susan knew about it and less regulation, less scrutiny. Well, she's from Arkansas. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. This episode starts with an overview of the property. Yeah. And it's a large property. It's it huge. has a huge house, and that's where the Alamos... Of course. ...stay, and the followers have dormitories that oh, they yeah, get to Oh, yeah, of course. Stay. I mean, why, why would they not have their own houses? But anyway. And sorry. the people in the town, it was a small town of Dyer, near Dyer, Arkansas. Yeah. And the people of the town thought they were weird. Well, yeah. I mean, you're bringing in three, four hundred people. And they figured it was a cult. Right. So they decided to try to reach out to their neighbors, that we were going to be good neighbors. Oh, yeah. They did that little picture book. What was it? The It's uh, called the Foundation, Foundation book. book. That's right. And they showed the children in the swimming pool and happy and everybody. And the playground and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. One of the girls, 
was saying that there's a picture of me and my sister right there, happy as could be, and we probably were at that time. As much as they knew to be happy. Yeah, and of course they had the pig farm where you were sent to get reproached. Well, yeah, the pig farm, obviously they used it for agricultural Of course, I things, mean, there were yeah. huge hogs in there, so you know some fresh bacon at the Alamo restaurant. But they did use it as a punishment farm, too. Of course. I mean, yeah, who, I mean... To all you people out there who are listening who may be pig farmers, we do appreciate your bacon and your sausage. Of Thank course. You. Farmer John. You, well, no, Jimmy Dean. Oh. Ooh, fight, <laughs> fight, 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 fight. All right. Mel. How dare you. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get in further. Of course, you have a lot of people showing up talking about their master manipulators, and they know how to uh, use the media to their advantage, Yes, of Tony and Susan definitely did know how to use the media. You see the... The images that they were showing that, you know, there's Susie overlooking them. And, of course, like the previous episode, that they were very good actors and they were know how to play it off and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Well, there was an editor, a former editor of the Southwest Times record. Oh, yeah, Jack Mosley. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how they had opened up many businesses in that area. Yeah, they did. They had a grocery store, service station in the restaurant they were very well dressed and they drove Cadillacs yeah the Cadillac ministry is what they were calling it and then what did he say that Susan would always say that well Susan would say that we are God's children and yeah. God always wants his children to, to go, go first, first class. class yeah and yeah. she would have furs and jewelry yeah but they always called it the Cadillac ministry now though. why yeah. did they call it the Cadillac well, ministry because they, they believed it was like like working hard and if they do, they're gonna go. They're all gonna obtain Cadillacs. Now, who are these mansions. other people? Or the followers? Well, that's what they. So were the followers told. were were told that's that they, they told, could they could get that also. They could get that also, but the only ones who are doing the work are them, and the only one who's not doing nothing is them. So they're now Carl, Tony, and Susan were working very hard in the media. Right. Without Tony and Susan, they wouldn't have a roof over their heads. That's what they're telling them. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't see. I don't. I can't see Tony and Susan flipping burgers at the Alamo. Well, restaurant. there's different types of work. Uh huh. Once again, no. Sorry. Well, let's go into anyway. some of the other yes. enterprises that they had. Now, sure. the children obviously were being protected by appearances on this property. Right. Okay. Protected from the world. Part of the the threat to keep the faithful in line is to make them appear that there is something that is coming against them. Right. And of course they do that very well. There's a lot of fear tactics in what they do. The fear is like their main Weapon. cultivator. Yes. Main cultivator. Well, Tony and Susan definitely have a celebrity lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, they would have the famous... They're talking about how they had those famous country... Well, not country. Well, well they well, did. They were all country western right. music They stars. had Dolly Parton, yeah, that, Tammy Wynette, Hank Williams Jr., Brenda Lee, Marty Robbins, Roy Orbison. And they would bring them to the restaurant to perform. Yeah, they were, and they said that when Dolly Parton came in, they made like $100,000 in a night. Oh, and don't forget that the Clintons, uh, Bill and Hillary, showed up yes, uh, as well. Yes, they did. You know what was funny about that photo? It looked nothing like Hillary. Well, it looked like her daughter. Right, it looked like Chelsea. It did. I thought it was Chelsea. I know, right? Like, well, it was a very, very young, thin Bill. And yeah, well, I, and I could not. I did not I don't even Hillary. think he was governor yet. You don't think so? Maybe. No, it was in the seventies. Uh, well, maybe he I was mean, a mayor then, maybe. Well, because Susan, it was before sorry. Susan, you know, passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was before eighty-two. Okay, all right. Well, what did Bill say? He's Roy Oberson on speed. Yep. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Tony and Susan were famous. Of course, they had was it thousands of followers at this point. Yeah. Yep. You know, millions of dollars, and they're not paying any taxes at all. Must be a nice life. You have Christian. We call her Chris. She has a lot of, of very interesting phrases uh, she likes to say, and they're gems. All of them are gold. But there's this one here. Was it Mama? Okay, you I will this tell. One very yes, well. I yeah. do. Um, Christian now is Susie's daughter. Yeah, her oldest Susie's daughter. Oldest daughter from the last episode. 
She says mama could do anything. Mama could lie. Mama could cheat. Mama could steal. It was okay if mama did it because the Lord sanctioned it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You huh? know what's funny though? I mean, real quick, I hate to rewind a little bit. When they talk about, there's the voice of the faithful. The faithful. I find that just odd how they just... Now, do they have to say it in that southern way? I, they have to because, <laughs> okay, so if any of you guys seen the, the Judge Dredd movie with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. There's, it's a very cheeseball movie. Entertaining for guys. Girls would probably hate it. But it's a total guy movie. They basically like leave the city going to prison or something like that. No, that's what they're doing. Not something like that. That's what they're doing. And there's these um, wasteland pirates is what they're called. So they use a rocket to shoot the thing down, right? But of course, he uses a, he has a southern accent. They shoot this thing down, and of course, they're rummaging through and all that. And they find Sylvester Stallone, and then they find... I forgot the actor's name is going to come to me in a second. But they find him here, and, they, and he's always talking about, Oh, the Lord deliver us a bounty of... You know, like he talks like that, like a southern preacher. He looks at Judge Dredd, who is Sylvester Stallone, and he's like, oh, yeah, the Lord giveth the meat for us to consume or something like because they're cannibals. Of course, uh, the other actor goes, amen, brother, tell him on the mountain, right? So, my, 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 from the city of sin, do we have one of the faithful, right? And then, of course, when you had the editor in this TV thing, the faithful, I just signed it just very... Okay. I'm sorry, I just went that on a tangent. That was a very, very long, long tangent. tangent. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I just, the faithful. Every time I hear, the faithful. Anyway, go well, ahead, I'm sorry. Um, so, well, no, they had their TV show. Yeah, they had, they had a, their TV a, show. a second TV show in yes. 1981 yes. where they had some children on. And one of the children uh, recollected, she's a, obviously an adult now. Yeah, Rebecca Gay. Gay. Mm-hmm. And she said when she was four years old, she went on the show with her parents. She was threatened by her mother that... Grandma Susie was going to be there, so she better be good and not misbehave. Right. All the children had an automatic fear of Tony and Susan anyway. They were terrified. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, she was saying something to the effect of there wasn't a moment where they... Oh, no, there, there was no, never moment they yeah. weren't terrified. Of. She was so scared, and they showed a clip of her on this, and she was very shy. She's four years old, and, you know, she didn't know what to say, and she just kind of barely say anything and kind of giggle well it was one of those things where it's like are you happy and she's like yeah uh, yeah Uh, yes yes it's like wow and then you see uh, susan's face wow that's the first time i've ever heard you not say anything i was like oh snap well she said it in a little way that was sort of cute cute but you know as we know what goes on behind the scenes you're like "Uh uh-oh that's but anyway, true. And of course, you know, Tony was a, a sadistic human being as well. They had the thing called the paddles at the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. They were explaining it to where it's like two inch circles in each one. It was basically, like, to me, it looked like, what, well, then they show the depiction of it. It's like a, a cricket, a yes. cricket bat. And mm-hmm. with just uh, two inch holes around it. And of course, they actually swung that thing like a baseball bat. Yes, for Tony, it was entertainment, but for the children, it was, it was terror. Pure terror, yeah. Was it Benji, the adopted son, he comes up to it and he. He mentioned something that people were recruited. They invested everything in Tony and Susan. So it was, it was a small price to pay for their kids to be beaten instead of going to hell. Because hell was forever. It was an easy exchange in their mind. Yes. You know, that's that's insane. But it was like Chris comes back up, Chris Thien. She also mentioned another one of her gems that she said about her mom. Yes. That, uh, what was it again? If I'm wrong... Everything is fine, but if I'm right, you're going to go to hell. That's what uh, Susie said. And then she also would say, the word of God says, I love them who fear me. Right. But she's talking about herself, you think, versus God in general? No. Because they did, they, they did say that she was the, the priest, the prophetess. Yes, but I know that she was quoting the Bible so Susan would be quoting the Bible right the word of the Lord says I love them who fear me of course Christian was saying that there were total charlatans they had these people truly believe that this was you know that they, you know their word was everything but then she also mentioned that you know she started the cult and she was the brains behind it people followed her because there was that reporter guy who they were sitting like right in front of it and there was he was talking to susan about saying um, yes and he said are you training yeah. anyone to replace you and susie said every one of them yeah every one of them chris you know continued saying about you know they were telling all these 
outlandish lies and that remember she kept let's fake... talk about this uh cancer okay yeah let's talk about the cancer yeah we'll just talk about that because so, she, she was faking it for how many years six Carl? six plus years oh she faked it and what ended up happening and she ended up getting cancer she ended up getting it really bad like real bad okay so where is that they uh what was it what was his name carrie was saying how ironic when the surgeon did the operating on her, he just basically had to sew her back up. Yeah, because it was spread all over her body and already. I think that what Chris said was her mother was totally surprised when she found out that she had cancer. Yes. Now, when that happened, oh, Christian said Tony freaked out because he thought nobody would follow him. Yeah. And she said, as long as my mother was alive, the brutality was still brutality, but it wasn't like it became when Tony took the place yeah, over. It, yeah, I went to another, a whole different sadistic, well, he was sadistic, so I went up to that, that, that level of out of control. Now, behavior. when Susie got sick, they stopped coming to church. Yeah, and you see that, that image of her coming to the window and waving to the kids. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that, it kind of freaked me well, out. Well, it appeared that she had her wig on, she had like a bathrobe, and she just kind of waved behind the window, and the kids were, you know, hi, Grandma Susie, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, she looked really bad. Mm-hmm. She looked really bad. And they were always, the kids were wondering, are they coming to church? Are they coming to church? And now the congregation was praying and praying yeah, for her. Yeah, this was the beginning of the, uh, um, of I think, Tony's, beginning of his manipulation to keep the people in line okay because he would make them pray was it 24 hours a day two hour shifts no no well, no that no, was that before was a that, little that bit, was before no, that we're jumping ahead on we are that jumping one. ahead oh, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. they were praying for her though yes and one of the women said that she got the message pray for Susie she tried to stay up but she fell asleep at 3 a.m. and then she was woken up by someone that said that Susie She's had passed, passed away. away. Yeah. And of course, she felt guilty. guilty. She said, I let Susie down the most when she needed me. Right. So in April 8th of 82, she passes away at 56 years old. Now, of course, Christian mentions that she didn't know that her mother was dying. No, it, because she had left before 1975. Yeah, so it's been, what, seven, seven, seven years? Yeah, at least. At least seven. Because mm-hmm. we lived in, what, 75? This is 82. Yes. So, yeah, seven mm-hmm. years. You know, that she'd be by her side. And then, of course, uh, Tony was heartbroken and scared because he thought he was going to lose it all. And I guess um, that's when Tony started talking oh, about... Oh, yeah, uh, let's see. What did Tony say? He was raised the dead. He was reading the Bible and he was he was drowning in sorrow. Mm-hmm. And he reached the Bible to give him some comfort. And all he could see was raise the dead, raise the dead, raise the dead. When he said it, he was actually looking to a camera and it was kind of creepy. With those rose so be- glasses. So because of that, mm. he decided not to bury her, and they made a prayer chapel in their home. Yeah, that and was And that's weird. where the... They started praying 24-7. Yes, and the two-hour shifts. The two-hour shifts, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there was that story one of the girls thought that she was still breathing. Yeah, that was... And, of course, then that gave everyone hope, but it didn't really pan out, obviously. Tony said she was going to raise from the dead... How long was it that before she was buried? And that's the weird thing, because I think it was an open casket. Yes. This entire time. So it was like a year, a little bit more than a year. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, that's... that's Because the news story was saying when they popped up, because they were trying to find either a place to bury her, a mausoleum, or... A, well, I'm kind of wondering, and I'm going to still leave it out there as a question mark, because... It appeared it was about a year mm-hmm. from the newscast that was on this episode. But then later on somewhere, I don't know if it was in a preview that we haven't seen yet, mm. that it might have been more than a year. Oh, God. Okay. Because I know that they were mentioning that uh, once someone told Tony that the body was starting to rot. And, the and they smell, had to bury her. They had no choice but to bury so her. So he did get a mausoleum. He put her put her in there and said, you know what, God can raise her from the dead. Yeah, from, if she can get her out of the mausoleum and raise her from the dead, yeah. But, of course, that didn't happen. Now, I wanted to go over one last thing about this before we go to the next part. Mm. Is that Rebecca Gay's father Oh, yeah, was the bed, that the story room. when she was passed, when yeah, she passed away. Yeah, was in the room shortly before Susie died. And Susie grabbed Tony's collar, pulled him down, 
close to her mouth and told him, you are going to destroy this place. Let these people go. Don't continue it. It's wrong. But he didn't listen, did he? And of course, here's my thing on that when we talked about earlier. She created it, apparently, according to Christian. She lived her lavish lifestyle. She got to do everything she wanted to do. Now it's at an end. Was it, you know, guilt? This is my thought. Look, if he let the people go, he still had all the businesses, although he would have had to convert them. At this point, he was still using them as volunteers. Right. So he's looking at losing a lot of money. But how much money did he need? He had a lot of money. Yeah. He could have let everyone go or hired them back. I don't know. Right, and just kind of converted it over to an actual working enterprise, yeah. and then just let the people do what they wanted and stop browbeating them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the big what if right there. Well, let's go on. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just I said to just just kind of throw that out there. Of course, obviously, Tony continued, and then there was the uh, the government started the government started to step in. So they started investigating these businesses for not paying wages and overtime. Yeah, we're saying that Tony felt that there was a... What what was the phrase again? It was Susie was smart enough to avoid the federal government, but Tony was too dumb or something? Yeah, Susie Susie wanted to avoid investigation. Tony was too stupid to do that. Yeah, that's what it was. And... Yeah, he was incapable of running the foundation. So Well, Susie knew that. Yeah, Susie knew he was not That's why the he, he wanted, she wanted him to stop. Yeah. But, of course, the lawsuit uh, went to trial three weeks later after Susie passed away in 82. And Tony uh, told the group that it was he was in court fighting the one world government, fighting for uh, the evils, fighting off the evils of the world. And there was that they were mentioning the beast, you know, the government was the beast. Well, he had a, probably some uh, last end times prophecy kind oh, of yeah, thing going probably. on. Speaking we don't, Revelation. at this point, know what their actual beliefs were. Yeah, we don't. We don't know, like, how they felt about the end times or how they felt, all these things. We don't know why it's always the hell was always, you know, over their heads when they also had Jesus Christ. So I'm not sure how he, how they position that but that was the common tactic of a cult group is to find an outside enemy an outside threat an outside boogeyman, boogeyman yeah and tony's boogeyman was the government of course of course so the followers were questioned by the government yeah and the followers said we don't expect to get paid we get our needs met by the foundation which was true which was true i mean you can't yeah but they hadn't if they would have even gotten a minimum wage, and then their overtime is state dictated because every state's different. That's different, yeah. Okay, different laws, yeah. they would be paying taxes to the state and federal. And they would just sign over And they would check, also yeah. have paid into the social security. Yeah. And then they would have actual money to spend. Right. Well, because remember the government said that there would probably be no investigation if they did pay them, because there's nothing wrong with them turning their checks over Correct. to the foundation, but they still have to receive a paycheck. Yes, that's exactly right. So what happened was that the court ruled that the foundation owed uh, $19 million in back wages and an overtime. That's a lot of money. So when Tony kept appeal, well, he appealed this decision. Yeah. So that way he could stall, stall, you know, appeal, stall. You know, always doing that. So as that's going through the process of appeal, he is still making money, still having the volunteers. You know, nothing's changed. Right, yeah. And then was it in 83... You know, he refused to keep things on a computer. The government not to keep tabs on him. Something to that effect. Yeah, I think that maybe he thought he could just burn the records real quick or shred them. I'm not sure why he thought that they couldn't just raid it and find all the paperwork there. Who knows? Who knows? No, he wasn't that intelligent. No, he was not. Now, of course, the IRS did to continue an investigation. They're, at that time, they were living lavishly. He bought gold coins, silver bars. Was it statues and antiques? They all drove Cadillacs, and they traveled a lot. So that sounds kind of familiar. Well, you know, it appears that a lot of these rich, religious, I don't know what you want to call them. Leaders? Leaders, yes. 
they do have lavish lifestyles. Yeah. Yes. My name is Bhagwan. That's yeah. true. That's true. Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, of course Tony did not. You know how much he never knew how much the foundation was worth, but they said ballpark was like what fifty mil. Something yeah, like that. he knew that's how a much lot. it was. He Back just in eighty what eighty four. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money in eighty four. Christian said, uh, "My mother made him a multimillionaire. She couldn't do much about making him a man, but Ooh. she made him a very rich psycho." Oh man, she there's Christian again with her golden gems, uh, and of course you know, there's Jessica Cooper. She had a lot to say in regards to how about Tony becoming a monster, saying, quote, Tony became a monster. He was uh, yelling from the pulpit, chewing people out. It was as if he was really hated everybody. And people took it. And when he saw people took it and didn't leave, it just kept getting worse. So this is where you see him going to that really super dark, dark path. Sue B., she also mentioned that after Susie died, the spankings really got ramped up. Tony would be on like the speakerphone and saying how many swats the child would get. You know, then they would have grown men who actually would lift the child in the air and another would get the board of education and like a baseball bat, they would tell them to chop wood. That's what he would tell them to do was chop wood. So basically, if you ever swung an axe before and chopped the tree down, I have. And it's you gotta put your umph into it, which is pretty sad. Yeah, because you were talking about a child's body. Yes. It says that if you don't spank him, the person who's doing the spanking didn't do hard enough, he would be, he'd be spanked as well. You're talking about grown men. Grown men doing this. So it's, it's, it's getting to that point of, you know, really, really, really just, ugh. This was a very gross episode. Very gross episode. I don't know if it's going to get any better. I don't think it's going to get any better either. So Susie was the originator of the beatings. Yeah. But no one ever thought of reporting them for fear of going to hell once again. And also they believed that they deserved the beatings. Yeah, that's... To, well, especially that, the kids. Yeah, that's true. And it was God that was telling them to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's ugh, gross. So 1984... Tony starts preaching for the yeah. very first time. You which want to call now it I keep thinking, okay, so how did this all run? The prophets were obviously when they were traveling and when they were away, you know, doing whatever they were doing with, uh, with their d- different enterprises. They weren't always in the church. Now maybe Susie was, but. I don't know if they must have had some under shepherds or under pastors that would do the teaching on a regular basis. It's possible. Like some assistants. Maybe it wouldn't. It wouldn't. You know, somebody that would take the day to day care of the people because obviously they were kind of separated and apart. Maybe, or another way of looking at it, Tony's in the court all the time, Mm -hmm. so he's away. Everybody's working, mm-hmm. so maybe they just put a pause on it, too. I think they did at least the Sunday services. They talked about them, and then remember, they were always supposed to either have Bible studies, or they were always paired up, you know, and, and you praying, were, You know, you probably rather that. have probably like a worship service and some yeah. Bible or something like that. Okay, makes sense. Okay. Well, anyway, he told them that God is telling him to leave the people. Yeah. And of course they were like, oh no, please don't leave. Well, because they thought he was their prophet. Yeah, I know. And it was sad because the the gal that was talking about that in her mind now is saying, that's crazy that I thought that way. Well, he was away in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, he was away in Los Angeles. Yeah, with that fashion designer He was dating a fashion designer. Yeah, was it uh, Brigida Gil? Gillian Hammer, I think her name was. It's Birgitta Gillenhammer. Yeah, I didn't know. Now she's that. Swedish. Yes. And she comes on the show and she looks like, you know, she has a heavy accent. She looks like she might have some uh, physical disabilities at this point. Yeah. To me. Well, because she's, it's, uh, she's older. Yeah, but. It looks she, like she may have had a stroke. Or something of that something nature. Something to that effect, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, you know, she's talking about how, you know, he spent money in her store and then. You know, he either had a lot of, she had a lot of uh, attractive young girls working in there, but he wanted to talk to her instead. So, of course, she was flattered, uh, invited me to dinner, showed me his diamonds, and 
course, she she said he was he was not like the regular guys that she's met before because they didn't kiss until they got married. And so they, they did get married in Las Vegas. Oh, they did get married in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they moved to Arkansas. She was touched. I looked like she was touched that she was the only relationship he was in after Susie. Susie Susie died. So mm-hmm. was, now let's talk about what what did Birgitta look like? Like Susan. Mm-hmm. A lot like Susan. She was in her early forties at the time. Mm-hmm. Blonde, very. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So the people said, "Well, Tony's a prophet. The Lord gave him a new wife." Yeah. Somebody on the outside felt looking back, that he was probably going to try to introduce Birgitta as a resurrected Susan Olamo. Doesn't shock me if he did try to do it. Mm-hmm. But as was mentioned, Susie was their pastor and they worshipped her. Birgitta was no, no pastor, pastor. Uh-huh. and probably not a Christian. No. So that was kind of a failure on Tony's part. Yes, it was. It was, and... I don't know if he even had that idea in there. How would you pull it off? You know, I mean, what well, part Birgitta of... Well, Birgitta never wanted to be fake in that respect because she said... No, kudos to her. Kudos yeah, to her, yeah. She said um, he wanted her to go to church and be baptized, and she didn't believe it didn't work for her. Yeah. So she was not a phony. Yeah, and then that's where it comes out to to, to saying that the only reason why they were married in the first place is because of the uh, the sexual relations that they would be having on a continual basis. So she would mention, well, uh, the only way to keep him from beating her was, was to, to have, have sex with her three times a day. Yes. Yeah, and if it was two times, he would go, what she said, she'd go, he would leave, talk to God, come back and beat her. Yep. So it had to be three times a day. But she stuck around with him because well, the she reason said, is, yeah, because Tony paid all the bills and, you know, it's very expensive bills? to be in fashion. Oh, her bills. Her bills for the fashion. Had, yeah, because he had more money than he could spend and da 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 da, da so... Well, there's a trade-off, I guess, if you want to call it that. But so the next, then, of course, the the jackets. Yeah, let's talk about the jackets. They're I'm interested very in those. 80s. Extremely I like 80s. them, though. Of course you like I kind of want to look on eBay to see if there's oh, any on there. You know, there's probably at least one for like 50 grand. You know, who knows? Well, I don't know who would pay for that. I don't know, Mom. You could probably at least get one. Well, let's was... talk about the jackets. Okay, let's talk about the jackets. So they were blue jean jackets, airbrushed and bedazzled. And Tony's ego and bank account were fed off of these. And they show pictures of them, and they're great. They're all custom. Oh, yeah. Well, for the stars, yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. Birgitta had all of the networking in New York City. Mm -hmm. So the jackets were really taking off. Was it like the first week they made like a mill? Yeah, they made a million dollars. So they had the children work on the jackets because those little rhinestones they could they had little hands they could put the rhinestones in the little i guess the little metal brackets and then they had an assembly line and they would make these jackets all night and no one ever got paid and no one ever even got a jacket they sold in mainstream stores and they were personally made for the stars now some of the stars that they showed were like sunny of sunny and Cher, brooke shields dolly parton Mr. T. So the labor department heard about this child labor, but they didn't have any evidence of it. Yeah. So the followers were conditioned to lie. It's okay to lie to the devil, which would be the government. Right. And the followers thought nothing of the kids working. It was all for the Lord. Right. So in 1985, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld this verdict in the labor department case against the Alamo Foundation and Tony was required to pay his workers. Oh yeah. Four months later the IRS retroactively revoked the Alamo Foundation's tax exempt status. So that means that they owed taxes from all the way back. Yeah. So that could be a decade. Or more. Mm Mm-hmm. It was seven point nine million in taxes. Now remember, it was nineteen million in back wages and overtime. Yeah. So, so you're talking about nineteen plus, but we'll say eight. You're talking over half of what he mm-hmm. allegedly what the the foundation was worth was going to be eaten up by just in taxes and and. and but the thing the, is, is if he did pay the followers, 
then he could always have him sign back part of the money. Hey, they did it before. Mm-hmm. You mean paying the faithful. <laughs> so he continued with his businesses and made money. Of course. Now, he had nothing in his name. Yeah, see, that was that was the trick. That was, he had an access to a full-blown bank account, but didn't have, was it the, I won't say responsibility, the... Well, what happens is if you are a foundation, an organization, 501c3, or if even if you have a, biz, a legitimate business, you can use the, the revenue and funds for the business. So if you, if you need to drive around for the business, you need a car. If you need to travel to do business things, you can fly. You know, these are all... First class. Yeah, you, there's things you can do. Right. That's what he would do. He used all the the funds of the foundation to further well, his the, lifestyle. Hence, hence the fashion, hence the Tony Alamo foundation jackets and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and then sense. he told Birgitta, you know what? If you divorce me... You get nothing. You, you don't have... Yeah, she's not entitled to anything. Right. And she stayed for what? Like two years? Yes. Less and than two years in the marriage? She's, yeah. She said that I loved him, but he turned into the devil. He tried to strangle me many times. Yeah. He said if I ever left him, the Lord would kill me. He was preaching the Old Testament. You can have several wives. He was looking at young girls. He had eyes on them. Yeah. He also scared her for many years by having her followed because she went back to Los Angeles. And he was crazy, and his followers were brainwashed. This is what she said. Yeah, that's what she said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie. Carrie shows up talking about how he was the, uh, the Teflon pastor. Instead of, like, John Gotti, the Teflon Don. Tony was telling Carrie that he could take a switchblade, cut someone's throat, and let everyone in the cult would watch and say that he was, was it right thing to do because he was the prophet of God, something to that effect. Now, if he said that, like, especially when he used the word cult. Carrie would always say it was a cult. Yeah. That was just Carrie's word for it, because I also picked up on that. Yeah. I just think that Tony would say the either the people, the followers, congregation. the congregation of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> now, that shows a lot of arrogance and hubris. Very hubris. Mm-hmm. Very, very hubris. Tony was a master at evading the law. Yeah, see, that's the one thing I find interesting, that he was dumb enough to attract it, but smart enough to evade it. hmm Yeah. But they kept hammering at him. Yeah. He was too slippery is what they said. hmm And, of course, they had missionaries, New York, Dallas, Los Angeles, and then, of course, they expanded out. This much made me laugh, and I know it made you laugh as well. They moved to Miami because of Miami Vice. Yeah, because of the show Miami Vice, and they yeah, wanted to get in on the real estate book. Now... Wasn't Miami kind of built by the cocaine oh, yes. uh, industry? It was built definitely specifically by the cocaine industry. There is one of my favorites. There's a 30 for 30 show. And they talk about the University of Miami, which is my my love, my passion. I just have a love for the university. They're talking about how when the 80s came around. And they said that they had, at that time they had so many students because the football team was successful is that people would pay their four-year tuition in cash. Ugh. So imagine being a college student, going to University of Miami, paying your four-year tuition straight cash. Well, because of that type of behavior and all the cash that was flowing, now we have very stringent money laundering laws in the banking system. Oh, of course, because the banking is the ones who laundered the money. Yes. Openly did it, yeah. Now, haven't seen Scarface, watch it. It talks about it. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, we're going to go into this Miami phase because yes, there's a very important. important extremely important. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it has to do with Carrie. Yeah. Now, Carrie um, went down there to Miami. Uh, to Miami. Yeah. He lived in an apartment complex and met a young man named Justin Miller. Uh, yes. Justin. Justin. And he was a uh, cute little kid. His mother was troubled. She had epilepsy, but also a drug addict, and she was a single mom. Yeah, She was pretty overwhelmed trying to raise him, but Carrie liked him, and he put food in the fridge and had him, you know, come anytime, and he would hang with him a lot. So when he had to go back to the Ridge in Arkansas, I asked if, if 
Justin could come with him, and the mom said, fine, you know. Yeah. He went to live with Carrie and Carol. They were married on the ridge. And then Justin got word that his mother had passed away. So he just stayed there with Carrie and Carol and was adopted. adopted. Yeah, Mm because they didn't have any children. Justin was full of life. He was funny, and he had kids to play with. And so he fed it. He, he from from where he was coming from, just on the streets, being by himself. Mm-hmm. He had a family and a safe in his mind at that time a safe environment. Yeah. Yes. So in 1987, Carrie and his brother Bob started a trucking company. Oh yeah. And they made a money. trucking. Yeah. Hand over hand fist. Hand over fist. Yeah. And they gave Tony the money, and Tony was. Oh, he was just so in love with the money. Yeah, he started counting it and just just gagaing over it, yeah. Yep. And Carrie was on the road a lot and Justin was living with Carol, okay, at the ridge. And Carrie didn't know anything about child beatings because he didn't have yeah, any Yeah, they didn't kids. have any children, so they didn't And know, obviously yeah. Carrie was always off doing different jobs around the country. He yeah, was, he was their gopher kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't paying attention to what was going on with the kids. But now he has Justin. He finds out about the beating of the children, and he told his wife, we have to leave. Yeah, because it was wrong. Mm -hmm. It was wrong. And she just stood there and cried and cried. And Carrie said, they're beating kids bloody. They're stealing money. They're not of God. And all she kept saying was, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, she was brainwashed, yeah. So the brothers could not, either one of them, could convince, convince their, their wives, wives to leave. To leave. Yeah. They left through the back door into the woods. And the bodyguards saw them about halfway through the woods, starts chasing them. Yeah, and they started shooting at them. Yeah, now that is the craziest thing. It's like... Why don't they just let them leave? Because they were making money. They're probably breadwinners. But if they kill them, they would not be making money. Good point. Good point. And if they captured him, what were they going to do with them? Good point. Or did they feel like, well, they know too much. We're going to kill him. Does that sound familiar? Mm. Mm. Yes. That was the end for them. And they were cut off. But yeah. I, you know, just the way Carrie told that story just terrified me. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because he, you know, the way he was telling it was just like extremely vivid. Because he talked about him uh, wanting to go back. Well, the reason why he wanted to go back because he didn't want to leave Justin behind. They were planning to go to California, but he had to try to get his son out. Good for you, Carrie. One of the things that was mentioned by one of the experts is cults control people by making them understand if they leave the group, whoever is left behind will be punished. Yeah, and that was... Yeah, if you displease Tony, your loved ones left behind will suffer. Who... Who did we cover that did that? I'm trying to remember now. Someone did that. Wasn't that... Maybe we're getting it mixed up. I think so. Maybe because I'm doing some research on another one. Okay. Well, let's go go on. I'm sorry. That's okay. So in 1988, Justin's mom, Carol, told him that Carrie, his dad, and his uncle Bob were dead in Christ, possessed by the devil, and they weren't part of the group anymore. Yeah. Now, the brothers were going back to California, but as I said, he couldn't leave Justin behind. Yeah. He went back in the middle of the night. Yeah, he snuck through. Yeah, he and he crawled the window, into the window, window yeah. went into the bedroom where Carol was. Well, because Justin was sleeping with the mom, they knew. They must have had a hunch yeah, he, that he was going to try back. to back and get them. So if Justin was in his own room, oh, they he could have just, just taken him. Yeah. But instead, he said, Carol, it's me. And she started screaming, guards, guards. Yeah, that's... That's insane. Oh, they were right there. They might have even been in the living room waiting. Probably waiting for him, Mm -hmm. yeah. So he had to leave. He ran. He ran through the woods for his life. Yeah. Okay? And Justin was only 10 years old, and they moved Justin and Carol to Saugus. Back back to to Saugus. Saugus. In California. And then in California, people were starting to say, Oh, Justin, you still love Carrie. You miss him. Well, yeah, he probably he, did. Well, he probably never got a beating either. 
That'd probably be his first. They said that Justin had the devil in him. Yeah, because you gotta understand, he was he was already he wasn't like he got him when he was a youngster, like so seven You're or eight. You're right. Or nine. He was probably eight, nine. Eight or nine years old. So obviously he's gonna act correctly. Wasn't gonna cop. Plus, no attitude. Carrie was. Carrie was always making the money. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not really jumping ahead. Okay. It's one of those things where, okay, every kid in the group has probably had at least one. Not as vicious, though. Yeah, this one's, go ahead. This okay. one's pretty bad, yeah. So I'm hoping that some of them just got spanked by their parents in a reasonable sense. But I don't know, because they did have that little room in Saugus where they would beat the kids. Yeah, but they did. I don't. Did they have the board of education then? Wasn't mentioned, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they decided they needed to beat the devil out of Justin. Yeah. And he felt like he was a lamb being Blind led to the slaughter. slaughter. Yeah. Every time Tony issued a beating to someone, their life was going to change forever. Yeah. And as kids, they walked into the pit of hell. So Tony ordered Justin beaten via a phone from an adjacent building, and he told what them a coward. that he needed 20 swats. Yeah, 20. Yeah. All of the children were there, yeah. and they were told if they didn't obey or if they did this... This is what would happen this to is, them. Yeah. These are little kids. And, of course, Tony said, the Lord told me to do this to you. So they stretched him out, you know, like um, on over a, a sofa. On yeah, over a sofa. Uh huh. They started swatting him. Yeah. Well, the orders was it to start chopping wood. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and they put all their effort into it. He's a ten-year-old boy. Ten. Mm-hmm. He's ten. When one got tired, they just get another one to come into his place and start again. Yeah, they were saying that these were lumberjack size guys, mm-hmm. too. They were huge. The moms were there, too. There was blood everywhere. And Justin looked at his mother, Carol, and said, It's not fair. And she said, Shut up. You deserve it. With coldness in her eyes. Yeah, when he was... Yeah. There was a lot of blood stuck to his pants. He received 150 swats. And the children were in tears. I mean, that's just an alone is traumatizing. Yeah. Well, I mean, because when, when Justin was talking about what happened, you know, it, it was... As just, an adult, as right? As an adult. That was like, ooh, like, I get chills. I'm getting goosebumps now, thinking of it. He said what affected him the most was that Carol did not protect him. Yeah. And that's what mothers are for. Yeah. Afterwards, he laid on the floor for days, and then he walked around later with two pillows. Yeah, just so he could sit down. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, he didn't get any medical attention. Of course not. They were believing they were saving Justin's soul, and then after the beating, he was never the same. No. Now, we don't know what extent that was. We see him as an adult. He's probably... Well, let's see if he was 10. Fifth, 40, 40. Oh, he's, he's, he's in his later 40s now. Yeah. Okay. And he didn't look good. No. He, he looked like he was troubled. Like he had a hard time just living life normally. Well, yeah. I mean, your innocence was literally taken away by some coward who's in the building next door, doesn't have the guts to even watch this. And your mother isn't protecting you. Nope. I wouldn't tell them, shut up, you deserve it. Yeah, your whole world is gone. Christian said Tony was an absolute coward. Mm. That's why he liked to beat up little girls and little boys. That somehow, in his mind, made him a man. Another child is going to grow up an absolute mess. Mm. And they live now, and I guarantee you, I promise you, no matter how they sound, they are just fine. Don't kid yourself. They go home at night and they beg God to forgive them. Yeah, that's insane because they're they're still programmed to this day. Right. And we don't know the end of this foundation yet. No, we don't. But 
obviously if it started in the early 70s and now it's 2019 Tony only died two years ago he probably had control in in prison we don't know how many hundreds of kids yeah you just don't affected. know yeah it's very curious on how this this saga ends mm-hmm. um, well we obviously know how it started the downfall heavily downfalls mm-hmm. when they did the raid in the beginning I think that this story is worth talking about and man my heart's out to those guys Whew, that's that's a heavy thing that's a heavy thing Mr. Miller I hope you're doing well anyway on a try to on a, a cheery note let us know how you guys think let us know how you feel we hope that you are on Sundance watching it well if not I think we're going over the cult well enough very that, well uh, you would get your curiosity peaked to even just to to look up any more about it or if not at least you're now aware of this this foundation and and maybe keep your eyes and ears open wherever you are if there's some kind of activity similar to this yeah and i think it's good that the networks as a whole, not as a whole but some of them are, are kind of looking into this as well and kind of at least exposing what's really going on and it's unfortunate because it does it does put a light on other people's Christian beliefs. Yeah, and it makes it hard for the true Christians. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, on that note, uh, once again, guys, let us know how you feel. Please give us five stars if you can. So it came to my knowledge that the Google Play doesn't allow you to leave either stars or rates, but we do appreciate the listens, guys. We really, really do. We do work really hard to bring you guys the best of what we can bring. And on that note... Good night, Holly. Good night, Carl.